Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Investment News Podcast. Uh, Jeff Benjamin is doing something else this week. I think he's doing a webcast, so a lot of casts going on today. Uh, I am Bruce Kelly, and our guest this week is Investment News' very own Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief, Senior Reporter, Mark Sheff Jr. How are you, Mark? I'm good, Bruce. Thank you. Great, great to be back on the podcast. What is the official title now? Senior Reporter. I'm the only person in D.C. So you're also the head of the Bureau. (laughs) You can say that, but I'm not technically the Bureau Chief. Well, in my mind, you're the Bureau Chief. (laughs) Right. There's a new office down there, right, that that, uh, Bond Hill slash Investment News has recently moved into. Is that correct? That is correct. We have a small space in the... Ronald Reagan International Trade Center building. Actually, I don't know if that's the official. I have to go when I'm headed to the to the train tonight. I'll have to look up up above the pillars and see what the official name is. Anyway, it's just known locally as the Ronald Reagan building. So we have an office in there. Oh, cool. Yes. We asked you on. I want to have you on because you recently were working on a story that I think is going to be, you know, played out over the course of this long, hot summer that we're staring at and into the election cycle as well. And it was a a SEC lawsuit against a broker-dealer and five of its brokers, I believe, that the SEC recently filed, um, saying that this firm violated Reg BI. So it was, I thought it was fascinating because it combined Reg BI, which is a new regulation and a new rule, right, Mm -hmm. with um, a product that I've been writing a lot about, these GWG Holdings bonds uh right and there's a whole backstory to that which we can get into as well uh, so but before we get into all this reg bi and gwg bonds and all life settlements etc why don't you just tell our listeners mark what you do in washington and how long you've been at investment news and and where you're from and all that kind of stuff <laughs> sure i have been with investment news for 12 years which puts me a distant third. You're just a in, pup. In, uh, in, and that puts me a distant third in, in investment news experience behind the hosts of this podcast. Jeff Benjamin and Bruce Kelly have both been here um, 20 years. Is that right? 22 years now. 20. Oh, my gosh. 22 years. Get it right, Mark. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I cover legislation and regulations that affect our readers, retail investment advisors and brokers. I'm based here in Washington. So I uh, try to keep up with what's happening at the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, FINRA, uh, on the um, House uh, Financial Services Committee, the Senate Banking Committee. And all the trade groups too, you cover them. Oh, right, and all the trade associations that represent financial advisors. SIFMA, FSI, FPA, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And you're an old Hill, you're a former Hill staffer as well, right? I am. I came to Washington in April of 1992. April 1st was my 30th anniversary here, which which really <laughs> That's amazing, rocked me man. back on my heels when, amazing. I, when I thought about it on April 1. Been here 30 years. Came here in 1992 originally to work on Capitol Hill as deputy press secretary for uh, then Senator Richard Luger of Indiana, and I became his press secretary in the mid-90s. So uh, working on Capitol Hill is what first brought me to D.C. But um, 
I made the uh, move to the editorial side of the of the communications journalism eco ecosystem uh, in 2005 to work for a magazine published by Crane Communications. That magazine shut down and I was picked up thankfully by Investment News and stayed in the Crane uh, community. And then of course, as you know, uh, uh, Bruce uh, Investment News was sold by Crane to Bon Hill in 2018. So uh, here we are all And here we today. all are on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Reg BI and this broker dealer, uh, the SEC sued Western International Securities, I believe it's called. Why did you just explain to us, first of all, what Reg BI is? Regulation best interest. This, the timing of this podcast is auspicious because Reg BI turns two or three, depending on how you're counting. <laughs> uh, With my toes. Next Thursday, June 30th. We're taping the week before, and it'll be released the Monday before the 30th. Exactly. Yeah. So before the second anniversary of Reg BI being implemented, that is the SEC and FINRA started to enforce Reg BI on June 30th, 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, the, the regulation went final in June of uh, 2019. So there was a, a, a fairly substantial implementation period. And now we've had uh, two years of uh, Reg BI working its will in the market uh, place, and no one can agree on whether it's whether it's effective or not, and whether it's delivering on its investor protection promises. I would think from this lawsuit that we're going to get into, and and my recent you know and questions and stories about sales mm -hmm. of these life settlement bonds, I think it's effective. Reg BI was designed to raise the the broker-dealer standard of conduct above the previous suitability standard. When selling products. When selling products right. to retail investors. Right. Reg BI was meant to be a stronger standard than suitability. It was, it, it is, it, it prohibits a broker that is a registered rep from, from putting his or her interests ahead of the interests of, of customers. It's more like a now, it's more like a a fiduciary. That, that, those are fighting words, Bruce. It inch, but it does inch closer to a fiduciary. It, it is it not a, a pure fiduciary standard, but it inches closer, in my estimation, just one guy observing this and reporting on it, talking about, right. about it. Uh, it inches closer to a fiduciary standard. Right. That is certain. That was certainly the goal of the uh, of SEC, of former SEC Chairman Jay Clayton was to to move. Uh, the broker standard and the advisor standard closer together. They are not the same standard. Right now, brokers adhere to regulation best interest. Advisors still are governed by fiduciary duty under the Investment Advisors Act. But the SEC is trying to put uh, sort of an overlay of best interest across both standards, and they're trying to bring the standards closer together, although that is a flashpoint in the debate between investor advocates and brokerage industry advocates. And um, investor advocates don't want to hear that, that Reg BI is even close to the fiduciary standard. They won't listen to it. Well, again, I have to point to the, the proof is in the pudding, as my dear old mama would say. And uh, the pudding here is the SEC complaint against 
Western International Securities. Um, this happened uh, June 16th, I believe. Um, and you 16th, wrote yes. you wrote a, a nice little story about it, and, uh, and you were just talking to people about it today uh, before right. you got on the call with us. Could you tell us what, what did the SEC charge Western International Securities and these four or five brokers with? The SEC charged West, Western International Securities with violations of regulation best interest, which is the first time Reg BI has been cited by the SEC in an enforcement case. This is a breakthrough. Everyone had been waiting for two years for the first enforcement right. case. We got it in this in this uh, action against Western Securities. Western International Securities. Yeah, they're out of California, Sorry, I believe. Right. Right. Western International Securities, and yet. <laughs> It's just stoking the debate even more. But they didn't settle, too. That's interesting, right? So quite often, as we know, the brokerage firm, the SEC will come after the brokerage firm. Brokerage firm will right. settle and yeah. write a check. Not, not this time. It can minimize the time and the spotlight by the SEC and try to minimize the financial repercussions or damage that it has, right? And paying back clients or paying a fine of some sort. Western International Securities here said it's going to fight this case, right? Absolutely. It's going to take them to court, uh, take the SEC to court. It's going to go to court. It's going to fight it out. It's fascinating. Uh, so what the, the SEC charged them with violating Reg BI in, in, in two ways. One was that the Western International registered reps did not understand the L-bonds that are at the heart of this action. Didn't understand. GWG life settlement backed bonds. Yes. Right. Uh, in in the the bonds were were described this way in the complaint, and I quote: "High risk, illiquid, and only suitable for customers with substantial financial resources." End quote. The complaint states the SEC says that Western International reps didn't understand them, didn't describe them, uh, didn't describe their costs and risks uh, well enough to investors. That, that's one, one way they violated Reg BI. And the other way they violated Reg BI is that, that in at least seven instances, the Western International reps recommended the L bonds with no reasonable basis to think that they were in the best interest of the customers based on the customer's investment profile. And that no reasonable basis to believe it is, is, uh, you know, legal and rule language meaning Reg BI says you got to you've got to um, act in the customer's best interest, and you didn't do it by encouraging them to buy these bonds. Part of regulation best interest, as I understand it, that makes it more like a fiduciary duty or responsibility, is that the broker actually has to has to do more than pull the product off the shelf and and drop it in front of the client and say, oh, we, we, we recommend this REIT or we recommend this uh, bond or we recommend this variable annuity. They have to do some kind of benefit analysis of different products. That's correct. And I think, again, based on my reporting of these GWG bond sales, this is almost like the perfect product for the SEC to pursue these uh, kinds of Reg BI cases in. Because the product has failed so spectacularly, <laughs> unfortunately, right? 
So beginning in 2015, 2013, 2015, I can't remember which, broker-dealers started selling these bonds that are backed by life settlements, which are like viaticals, which are pooled insurance policies that GWG would go out and buy and then pool them together. Right. And you get a, a higher rate of return, right? You get a little, you're supposed to get more risk, but you get a little higher, higher right. rate of return. And because they're life insurance policies, they pay off eventually. So that's kind of how they're pitched to, uh, to clients. The SEC has been investigating these guys, GWG, for a while. But beginning at least since last May, the SEC has been questioning brokerage firms about this, according to my reporting and my understanding of this. And being very granular in detail about going to specific reps and looking at specific transactions. Executives at these brokers are saying to their reps and their advisors, you got to be able to justify this, that you did the work on this. Because this is so what happened in January? So they sold a billion and a half, a billion six of these bonds over the past five years or seven years. Uh, The company defaulted in January. And then in April, GWG declared bankruptcy. And there's no market for these products. Like you can't, there's no secondary market for these products. So you don't know if it's worth, you know, 50 cents on the dollar, 20 cents or, 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 or 75 cents or nothing. Right. Um, right. So, so the clients are in a really bad shape here. So even before all this calamity happened with the bonds missing the, um, uh, interest payments and defaulting and then the bankruptcy. The SEC was looking at the at these sales months before all that bad stuff happened at GWG. Bruce, you mentioned uh, alternatives, looking into alternatives. Right. That relates to another charge against Western International. And uh, that is that they violated Reg BI by, by failing to put in place written policies and procedures that would enable the firm to comply with Reg BI. It's the compliance right. uh, obligation, so to right. speak. And, and, the, and here's the, the, the line, the important line in my view from the complaint. When, this is from the SEC's complaint. Western had neither written policies nor procedures monitoring or enforcing its requirement that its registered representatives review reasonably available alternatives to a recommended security. And when it says uh, its requirements, talking to Reg BI's requirement, it means Reg BI's requirement. You, you know, the, the reps were supposed to, to look at reasonably available alternatives and they didn't, there were no, no policies or procedures at the firm that that, required, that made them do so, it, it looks uh, like. That's, that's fascinating to get a, it, just to kind of get a glimpse inside a sales practice or sales culture, you know, to me is always one of the most interesting and fascinating aspects of of what we report about. And these things, to, again, to my knowledge, you know, they had different durations. They had three and four and five year durations, I believe. And they carried right. different commission rates. The, the commission rates weren't as high as private placements, which are the seven to 10% range. The highest allowed by the industry is 10%. But they were still hefty uh, commissions that, that went to the brokers and I think you included that in your story, right? The firm. I put this reference in the story at your encouragement, and, and thank you for that. I want to tell the listeners I, I often learn from Bruce. And um, <laughs> this, this line in my story is there because Bruce said, hey, Mark, you ought to put 
the, the commission amount in there. And I said, okay, Bruce, I'll, I'll, in fact, you even found it for me in the complaint. Complaint, thank you. That was helpful. You always got to look at how much money people are making, Mark. So here it is from my story. Right. The brokers each received aggregate commissions of between 5400 and 32500 while the firm received approximately 187000 in commission and fees. And it's interesting, too, it's $13.3 million in sales. Right. But what's also of note, I think, Mark, is that it, it says here, your line in your story is the SEC alleged that between July 2020 and April 2021. So they were looking at sales in July 2020. What happened in June 2020? Reg BI went into place. Reg BI went into place. <laughs> yes. So they're saying, okay, Reg BI, what the SEC is kind of saying, if, just, to, just to kind of read between the lines a little bit and speculate, Reg BI goes into effect June 30th. 2020, July 1st, we're going to start looking at your uh, alternative investments in GWG sales. That's right. That's what it says to me. Well, and then... Because these bonds were sold before then, too, you know. This product just didn't launch overnight in July 2020. It had been selling for years before this. But but you see, that also goes to, to the, to the heart of, of why this case is generating its own debate. Okay, so let's focus on that. Let's go to that next. Then. Yeah, so some investor advocates are saying we, we, we have an enforcement case here. It's about time the SEC uh, cracks down on brokers using Reg BI, and they've done it here. Uh, they, they've said that uh, Western International violated Reg BI by not acting in the customer's best interests, and, they, um, uh, and, and the old way of doing business under suitability no longer uh, is is valid and in fact is a is a violation of Reg BI. But then other investor advocates say, hold on a moment, this case could have been brought under suitability. It's essentially a suitability case. It, it, there's nothing uniquely Reg BI about it. They say, and and this debate was going on even today. I was on a conference call with the Institute for the Fiduciary Standard, and Knut Rosted, the president of the institute said this is a suitability case. He wants to see more from the SEC. What do you make of that? Well... Because I have an opinion, but I want to hear yours first. What do, what do, you, what do you make of that? I, 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 I can understand both sides. We do finally have an enforcement case that refers to Reg BI. There's, you can't take that away from the SEC. you got to give them credit for that. And, and we've got to assume that this is the first of many more to come. So they'll keep developing case history on Reg BI, and, and perhaps it'll go in different directions and, 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 and help better define what Reg BI means and how to comply with it. On the other hand, one of the, Western, one of the securities attorneys I talked to said, this is a typical complex products case where the SEC is charging the gatekeeper, that is the registered reps, with, with, not, uh, with, with recommending a product that's not suitable for the customer. We've seen this before, and the SEC is simply now labeling it Reg BI. And one of the people who participated in the Fiduciary Institute uh, event today, August Diorio, a, a, a plaintiff's attorney. No, I, I know, I know August. Yeah, sure. You know, August, August said, you know, this would have been a, more of a Reg. This would have been a Reg a true Reg BI case in his view if the the the, the SEC had charged. Western international reps and Western itself 
with um, violating the conflict of interest standard in Reg BI when it came to maximizing their own comp compensation at the expense of the investors. But but they didn't they didn't do that. They, they focused on um, you know not not understanding the product, not uh, providing enough of 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 um, not telling the the customer what he's getting into, uh, not having comply not having policies and procedures about Reg BI, recommending a product that's not suitable to, to a customer. That's what the SEC did in the case. He said the SEC should have said, look, all of the, the, the that all those commissions that you were piling up that Bruce is hot about, uh, that's a charge too, and, and it wasn't. Huh. That's interesting. Well, like I said, the commissions were not on the egregious end of the, the highest end of the, of the, of the spectrum, um, like mm. some of these private placement products that we've written about and REIT products, you know. You know, lawyers will complain about everything, right? Not getting exactly what they want. I mean, I have attorneys in my family. <laughs> they like to complain and speculate about how wrong everything is. I think this is a reg. I have to disagree with all those assessments. I think this is a reg bi case. There, the SEC is alleging that this firm, Western International Securities, didn't do its job in selling a product appropriately under this new rule, which is more like a fiduciary standard. You know, I don't know if. I'm not so sure as some of these other people saying this would have been a suitability case because then maybe it's a FINRA action for suitability, right? Or it's a well investor complaint action, right? The, the, there are two ways to look at that. Uh, you know, Ben Edwards, a, a professor of law at, at the I University of Las Vegas. He's, he's been on the podcast, yep. He also partic participated in the Fiduciary Institute's event. And he said it is it is a good thing that the case was brought by the SEC rather than FINRA because there's more um, transparency related to it, and 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 the SEC is you know putting its imprimatur on on this, which which carries more heft than than FINRA. Definitely, yeah. But but and and um, now I'm I'm you know, switching um, to, to sort of an, an amalgamation of the critics of this case. Basically, the SEC is saying these products weren't suitable for these customers. That's essentially what it's saying. And, and that's what the suitability rule was all about for decades. How is this uniquely Reg BI? I'm actually asking you that question, uh, Bruce. Cause... I think it, I think this in this case, it is because these other alternative, the, the brokers acted purely like salesmen. It seems to me. Okay. They pulled a product off the shelf. I, I don't know enough about Western International to comment directly on them, and I don't want to disparage them in any way, right? These are all allegations that they're facing. But it seems to me, right. just in general, when brokers sold these GWG bonds, quite often they may have just pulled them off the shelf and dropped them in the client's portfolio and said, these are, you know, Life, these, are, these are backed by life insurance policies. These are low risk, high reward investments. And didn't do a comparative analysis with a variety of bond funds and other life settlement products. They didn't do the yeah. complicated, it, it, again, not just speaking about Western International Securities, but in general, it seems to me based on my reporting for the past five or six months on this product, a lot of brokers didn't do the hard work under Reg BI that is required to sell this product. 
And that's why it's a Reg BI case. Right. But, but I think to a certain extent, you're extrapolating there on behalf of the SEC. Because if you, I, in fact, I did a control F on the complaint. And, and the phrase reasonably available alternatives only comes up four times in the complaint. And, and the most, the most huh. important reference to it was that Western is International didn't have policies and procedures that required a review of reasonably available alternatives. In other words, the SEC is not, I mean, is this, this case is, the thrust of this case is about reps not understanding the products and reps recommending the product uh, when they had no basis to believe it was in the customer's best interest. This idea of looking at alternatives is not a big part of this case. I understand. Uh, but it but, is. It might not yeah. be a big part, but it is a part. Okay, right. <laughs> I, it's it's very complicated. I have to say it is. It is definitely complicated. I think you do a great job of explaining these things. That's why we wanted to have have you on. Thank you, Bruce. You you are <laughs> you're the you're the league leader in coverage of of GWG. I I defer to you on 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 how nasty these products are and why they shouldn't be in in most investors. Uh, uh, portfolios, you you know that chapter and verse. And I mean, always enlightening our readers about it. Yeah, the inc, you know the the brokers sold these things, and I did a column about this. That there wasn't really any income from operations that you could trace uh, for years back to these things. So it was a high risk product, and if you're not a wealthy client. You should not have been. It's it's the argument's going to be that you shouldn't have been sold these things. It's a high risk. It was a high risk speculative. To me, it just when this thing popped last week, it's just fascinating that the SEC here's Reg BI. They're looking for a test case. What do they settle on? These GWG bonds <laughs> first, right? Right. We're not talking about mutual funds, you know, from Vanguard or something, or index funds or ETFs or whatever, they're looking at a product that completely has gone belly up. It defaulted in January and it declared, and the parent company declared bankruptcy in April. What worse kind of a, a product can you have? And, and that's why investor advocates are, are looking, and even those who support this case are looking for, for more from the SEC because this is fairly low hanging fruit uh, it's a it's a product that that most anyone yes it appears um, to be yeah would would uh, would would think is is wrong for most investors and they certainly would think that after reading uh, your stories Bruce and so I'll tell you what I would like to see is is a case that along the lines of what you just mentioned I want to see a case a Reg BI case against a major brokerage, a major financial services company, a household name financial uh, services company, not one like Western International Securities, which is well-known investment newsreaders. I'm talking about a financial services company that the average American uh, uh, has, has name ID on at the first reference, a case against them for uh, selling um, uh, mutual funds or, or some other um, everyday investment in a way that, that violates Reg BI. 
Well, that's where inverse inverse and leveraged ETFs come up, right? Um, that that's what immediately pops to my mind because all the big firms sold those things. Yeah, that could be one. And and they were sold at times. They were sold inappropriately. Um, the brokers didn't understand the product, obviously. Right. And Western International Securities, if I am not mistaken, my friend, was that the broker dealer that Dawn Bennett uh, was licensed with? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got me there. Yes. Uh, Dawn Bennett, who was a broker uh, we wrote about uh, considerably, uh, who was booted from the industry several years ago. Um, and I think she wound up, did she wind up in prison for running a Ponzi scheme, Mark? It's been so long since I wrote about her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she was sentenced to 20 years in 2019. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, uh, so she's, she, she was a licensed person with Western International for a period of time as well. Uh-huh, and and yes. to me, that's where that name comes up again. I, I hear what you're saying with the big firms, but it's going to be interest, interesting to follow, right? If Western International Securities really fights this thing. And that's, inter- you know what, that, that's another unique part of this case. And you mentioned this at the beginning of the broadcast, at the beginning of the podcast, Bruce. Yeah. And that is usually, usually SEC and FINRA enforcement cases are highly choreographed. FINRA or the SEC puts out a press release and says, we have charged this firm and it, it has settled for X millions. Right, the settlement's already been and, reached. And, and, and we'll pay X millions in restitution. And then you and I contact that firm. They're ready for us. They immediately send a statement that says, hey, we're glad to get this behind us. We cooperated with the SEC. We're going to go on with our lives and, and keep treating our customers as well as we've already treated them, except for this one stumble. That's, that's the way it always works. Right. Not this time. This time I contacted Western International, and they said, we didn't do anything wrong, and we're going to fight the SEC's charges. That, so that's they were kind of pissed, is what you're saying. Uh, yes, yeah, they are. <laughs> they, they, the spokesman said... The firm takes its clients' best interest very seriously and believes it complied with Reg BI and the regulatory guidance available during the pertinent time frame. So let's see what a jury has to say about that if it gets to court. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll be checking the, the docket, you know, weekly or whatever to see what's new about this because there's always some interesting tidbit, you know, about sales practices come out with... Uh, Whenever there's discovery and, and affidavits and all that kind of stuff, you know. Exactly. And then the plaintiff's attorneys get involved and they glom that and then they start suing on behalf of their individual clients, you know. Okay, man, I think we've, uh, I wish Jeff had been here for this one. He's always good with these product things too. But he's, he's, all, he's, doing, a, he's doing another kind of webcast. We're all casting around today, I guess, like I said. Uh, Mark, you... You got anything else you want to you want to mention or? Yes, one one quick thing, and something that um, I, I think is is going to be true throughout Reg BI's life, and is certainly true on its second anniversary. There will never be consensus about whether it's working. This debate will not be settled ever. <laughs> well, that sounds like just another way for more lawyers to make more money to charge more billable exactly. hours, man. And it gives us. Plenty of news pegs. And it gives us more stuff to write about. Yes, indeed. Right. 
All right, that was Mark Sheff, everybody, senior reporter here at Investment News, and I declare him Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief for Investment <laughs> News, at least for today. Thanks, Bruce. You just gave me a promotion. <laughs> now don't, go don't, talk tell, to don't tell Paul. Don't talk to corporate. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah. talk to corporate now. <laughs> don't, talk, don't tell HR. Okay. okay, thanks again, Mark. Hey, if it's Monday, it's time for another episode of the Investment News Podcast. Of course, we want to thank our special guest, Mark Sheff, as we just noted. We also want to thank Angelica Hester, our producer. You can find the podcast, of course, at investmentnews.com, as well as big-time places like Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave us a review on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. You can reach out to Jeff uh, uh, on Twitter via at Benji Ryder. My handle is at BD News Guy. Stay tuned, and we'll be talking to you next week.